welcome in to the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your programming. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, a loaded post-Monday talk show following the 2023 NFL Draft. And Bo, I mean, this team, they came up aces, and it all started with the sixth overall pick in Paris Johnson Jr., yeah, what uh, Monty Austinfort was able to do, it was masterful navigating the top of that draft, trading out of three, down to 12, and then having the uh, the foresight, feeling the pulse of this draft, knowing that he had to go back into the top 10 to sixth overall to get his guy the tackle out of Ohio State, Paris Johnson Jr. It's exciting. We talked to Paris Johnson the next day. Just an incredible kid. Uh, not only on the field, but off the field, philanthropic. He's got his own foundation. He speaks three languages. And, oh, yeah, he's nearly six seven, and he's going to be able to protect Kyler Murray's blindside for the foreseeable future. Yep, and we are uh, immense pleasure to be joined by Paris Johnson Jr.'s position coach at The Ohio State University, Mr. Justin Fry. So kind with his time to be able to hop on with Bo and I today. And, Justin, I say every year, I'm like, can the Cardinals please just draft blue chip players from blue chip franchises and programs collegiately like Ohio State? And every year they're going small school, right? And they're trading up for tweener linebackers. And then this year, thankfully under Monty Austin Ford, they don't screw around, right? They pick up the phone. And they say, we're taking the 6'6 mammoth of a man to, <laughs> to kick off the rebuild in Paris Johnson Jr. What can you tell us about a kid that the more we hear of him, the just the more special of the player and the human being. Yeah, well, you touched on all of it. Uh, he's one of those guys where you hear all these good things off the field. You know, his foundation, how he works, how he graduated in three years, and you're like, you're waiting on a flaw, and it just doesn't exist with him. I mean, he's a great kid, um, comes from a great family. His mom, Monica, is a rock star. So he was brought up that way, and then that oozed onto the field. So generally you have guys on the field where they do a lot of great stuff. He's a great player, but you get these boxes checked off where they may be missing a thing or two. It's the opposite with him. Everything you everything you want, those intangibles he has. And then on top of it, when he's on the field, he's the he had the, he was the hardest practicing guy we had. Um, he was in there watching tape. You know, we don't talk about you don't watch extra film. You watch tape until you get it. And so for him, he was just watching tape and it consumed him because he wanted to be great. He wanted to be a top 10 pick. He wanted to be graduated in three years. And he just he's one of those guys that says he wants to do it. And then he works that way. And it was really fun to be around for the year. He certainly just kind of fits the mold of what Jonathan Gannon and what Monty Austinfort are looking for in the future Arizona Cardinals player. Can you kind of identify it? John Gannon described it as guys with high capacity and high character. I would say that Paris falls into both those categories. Yeah, I mean, uh, A-plus on both. You know, I get a lot of draft grades, and there's a lot of draft gurus and people out there after. So you can check those boxes, like I said, with him. Um, and his best ball's ahead of him. I mean, if you just look at his career and what he's done, I mean, he played guard the year before. We move him out to tackle, and week by week, he just got better and better and better. So the understanding of being out on an island on your own sometimes, uh, the technique, the scheme that comes with it, he got better and better as the year went on. So, I mean, you're not getting a guy that's a ready-made product. You're getting a great guy that's a great player that his best ball's ahead of him because he's now going to be in that league. He's going to be protecting a, you know, a franchise quarterback. He's going to have a lot on his shoulders, and he's a driven guy where he's going to go do that. He's going to find a way to do that. Justin, we talked about it on this show that this was not just another top 10 draft pick for this franchise. This was the first pick 
of the Monty Austin for Jonathan Gannon era. And so that pick, whomever it may be, needed to exemplify what they want. And they kept talking about the person, the character, right? And somebody that can come in and lead by example. How quickly, in your opinion, I know he's a young kid, but he's coming into a very impressionable locker room that could change seemingly every month, right? With the rebuild that's going on with the Arizona Cardinals. When can you expect for Cardinal fans to be able to look on the field and this kid's got you know a center or a C on his chest for captain and he's leading this team as one of the focal points, pillars of the franchise? I mean, it, as as soon as the team gets around him, they're going to feel that because, like I said before, he practices so hard. Um, he's in the locker room and he's in every corner, whether it be the skill guys, the specialists, the O-line, the D-line, the linebackers, being around those guys. People gravitate towards – you know, people like him, but then especially Paris, because once again, circling back, all the things that he really says and that, that lives out there is what he does. And so when guys see a guy that practices that hard, they see a guy that is that important to, they see a guy with that juice and energy on the field and in individual and in team periods and a blitz pickup, they're going to, it's almost palpable with him sometimes, you know? And so that's the thing with, you get, you know, grown men in a locker room that are all fighting for the same thing to hoist up the Lombardi trophy that they're going to want that leading the charge with him really quick. Um, so I see that some coming sooner rather than later. Three really impressive uh, players coming out of your off your offensive line, getting their name called in the draft. Congratulations on that. But when you look at Paris Johnson, like he stands out still, even even with the impressive athletes that came from your program, even this last class, we look at his feet. Have you have you been taken back at how quick his feet is? It's almost like he's he's got skill position player feet, and he's playing the offensive tackle position. Yeah, I mean, we saw it. I you know I tried recruiting him to UCLA um, when I was out there, and, and uh, you know I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate I didn't get him, but I got to finish you know his career with him. Um, that was always something that was. You know, you look for base bend, balance, and bursts in great offensive linemen. That's how we evaluate them. That's how we've always been around them. Um, and so the elite level burst and athleticism, like you just said, in his lower body, that's why he practiced so hard. That's why he was so in tune to the film because, you know, that's, you know, we talk about it here all the time. Coach Day says it. That's talent. That's really God given. What he's built a great job of is his discipline and his skill. And so when you compound those with the talent and the feet that he has, that's why his ball is, is climbing so fast and he's playing so well because he does. He owns that as, as well as anyone I've been around, um, and he knows how to work and improve it. So you mentioned he started off as guard, he transitioned to tackle, and the Cardinals, of course, they see him as the franchise left tackle you know, into the next decade plus, but... Could you see a scenario? I mean, we break it down. They've got a couple veterans in DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham. Would he have any problem coming in and, and, and kicking butt and taking names at left guard this first year while he gets you know, nah, his nah, bearings I mean, about I, him? I think I, I heard in his press conference he said he'd play safety if he wants to. I mean, that's, <laughs> he wasn't joking. Now, he he probably thinks he can. He can't. You know, he's athletic, but not that athletic. But, um, no, what, and, and that's how he really – I mean, he was the number one tackle in the country when they came out of high school. But his yeah. best way to get on the field earliest was to move the guard, and he embraced that. And so, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's what you'll see. So whatever he can do to help the organization win, no. I mean, do, does he want to do that? You know, probably not. But if that's his way to get on the field and help the team, then, yeah, he would do that. Justin Fry, you've been so uh, generous with your time. You're out on the recruiting trail. It just never stops for you guys there at Ohio State. But I got to ask this last question before we get you out of here. I mean, so impressive is, is Paris Johnson Jr. We we know that he speaks Mandarin, like the, the size, the skill set. What is one thing that surprised you about Paris Johnson? And do you have any great Paris Johnson stories that you could share with our audience? 
um, uh, in the green room, I was, but personal was really cool. You know, obviously you put a lot of time in with these kids. Um, and so my family was back home. I had four young kids. My daughter is obsessed with them and, uh, he's been great with Zoe. They come to practice. So she had texts back and forth. They had saw, you know, the walk up and the green carpet. And so she texts me, she's 11. She's like, you know, daddy, I saw Paris on TV. Tell him, you know, we love him. We're thinking about him. And so I went up to him and said, Hey, Zoe just sent you. And he took my phone out of my hand and took a ussy and sent it back and my phone was like all right big zoe can't wait and like wow. in the biggest moment of his life circling back to worry about my kids you know um i thought that was pretty cool and then spending just that time there with him and his family and monica and and willie and all the people through his life that had touched him to that point um and him just being in the moment once again like it wasn't scripted it's not theatrical for him it's genuinely who this guy is he's a great lovable compassionate kid that's really good at football and in that order um, and you guys are getting a hell of a player and a hell of a guy. So I'm excited to watch. I'm excited to watch John Gaines, who snuck in there, a guy coached at UCLA, too. So nice. I told I told those guys, I said, you guys can share some old Coach Fry stories and, you know, bash me a little bit if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just need Justin to have all the tailor-made prospects come to Arizona that he's coached. We were banging the <laughs> drum, Justin, real quick. All Friday night, because we'd heard the Cardinals really liked Luke Whippler, too. And so we're just like, just draft the whole Ohio State offensive line. And so – we're fortunate you get to watch Luke Whippler in, in your in your state of uh, Ohio, and and he's going to stick with the Browns. But we wanted him in Arizona because we know he's buddies with with Paris. Yeah, no, that's awesome, guys. Well, I appreciate the time. Like I said, I'm out on the road right now looking for the next Paris Johnson, and they're few and far between. So I'm planes, trains, and automobiles till we get one. So appreciate man, it, guys. Even if it's gains, man. I mean, it's the, the most talented athletic tack or guard in the entire class. I, I didn't even – should have done my homework a little bit better. Very impressive. Congratulations, Justin. Thank you so much for your time. Hopefully talk you to down the road. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And I, I wish I knew because I wanted to learn more. I, if, if there was one player in this draft class from Monty Osfor, I felt like I wanted to know more about it. it was John Gaines. And we find out at the tail end of that uh, interview with Justin Fry, uh, the associate offensive head coach there in, in Columbus for the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Ohio State Buckeyes, now coaching uh, now with Paris Johnson, who plays for the Arizona Cardinals, wearing their uniforms, basically. I, uh, I, we, we've interviewed a lot of celebrities on this show. We've been fortunate. Frank Caliendo and Patrick Peterson and Pat McAfee. I get most nervous talking to coaches because I just hold them in such high regard because look at that man, what he produced over the weekend. He's the run game coordinator, offensive line coach. Oh, I saw it in the chat. Don't even put your finger up. I know what's coming. I know what's going down the pipeline. Let me get my thought out here real quick. Thank you, Justin Fry, for allowing the Arizona Cardinals to reap the benefits of your coaching to get Paris Johnson Jr. to Arizona. Now let's, as we transition, Bo, from a premium position to a not premium position, why don't you break some news for us on the podcast? Okay. Well, I mean, if you're listening and following along to this podcast, you we've braced for this very moment. We've braced for this impact. According to Ian Rappaport, friend of the program at Rap Sheet, the Arizona Cardinals are not picking up the fifth-year option of former number eight overall pick, linebacker Isaiah Simmons. He enters a contract year with a chance to make it count in a big season for Coach Jonathan Gannon, Johnny sipping from his cup like he's Kermit with the tea. <laughs> no, I like Isaiah Simmons. 
the person. Okay, I yeah, wish him well. Let's qualify that because we love watching Isaiah Say Simmons make big plays for this team. No doubt about Justin it. Justin Fry on the recruiting trail calls him from his car to meet with us. We tried to coordinate two very calculated oh, interviews with Isaiah Simmons, that. and he blew us off. Now, I this was telegraphed. We telegraphed it. If you're scoring at home, Oren Pop, Owen Pompo, that's your new starting Owen linebacker. Pompo. Papo for God's sake. In, in 2024. Hey, give me, it's 72 hours later. Give me some grace. <laughs> $12.5 million doesn't have a position. They don't know what he plays. He will go into free agency next year and he will get a one year loaded prove it contract. And people are just going to continue to try to figure out what to do with him. But I think, and you can disagree with me, his career with the Cardinals is over after 2023. This is it. They're not going to they're not going to franchise tag a linebacker. They're not going to extend him. Look at all these teams. Patrick Queen declined, right? All these linebackers declined, declined. Unless you have and of course it's the fucking Niners. Unless you have Fred Warner, yeah. right? F- third round pick making good money, not great money. It's like you're not doing it. You're not doing it. So, you know, Simmons, go out there and kick butt this year for the Cardinals. I hope that you do, but this was this made all the sense in the world. It would not have made sense and would not have been on brand with anything they did this offseason if they would have picked up his option. Yeah, it's, it's just sudden it doesn't match up what the philosophy is organizationally, right? Monty yeah. Austin for Jonathan Gannon, you know, who, the type of and caliber of linebackers that Jonathan Gannon coached up. It was an undrafted free agent in TJ yeah. Edwards that he turned into a guy who got the bag this offseason from the Bears. It was a guy in Kazir White that they brought in on not a huge lucrative contract that isn't six foot three. 240 yeah. pounds and ran a 4.3. He's fast. He's a speedy, undersized linebacker uh, that knows what his role is on any any given down. Jonathan Gannon's going to have a plan for Isaiah Simmons this season, no doubt about it. And I'm sure yeah. he's going to want to tap into and help Isaiah Simmons tap into that skill set. But as far as picking up the tab on a fifth-year option for over $12.5 million or franchise, you can, I'll tell you right now, they're not picking up a $20 million franchise tag bill, that's for sure. (laughs) What's going to happen is Isaiah Simmons can play himself into a a decent deal next offseason, and it will will benefit both sides. The Cardinals will get good football on their defense, and Isaiah Simmons could hopefully get a a good contract next offseason. It's unfortunate. And it's it's not it's not Isaiah Simmons' fault that it's Steve Kime couldn't help himself by taking him eighth overall in the 2020 draft because he saw this this uber versatile the Swiss Army knife that he had no clue how to deploy. It's like if Johnny got his chance to hang out with a, a ten, he just wouldn't hey, know what to do. Hey, that's inappropriate. <laughs> Happily married man. No, no, no. It's like if I went and bought like a really nice. If I went to Home Depot and somebody was trying to help me buy tools, it's like me, like Ron Swanson passes me. He's like, I know more than you, right? right. It's like I don't, I don't know what I'm doing with you know with a set of pliers or whatever. That's the appropriate uh, okay. comparison. Come that's on now, enough. come on now. All right, Isaiah Simmons. Though he's not a ten. He, you know what he is? He's not a 10. He's not a 12. He's not a $12.5 million player. He's a year-to-year guy. He's a G-A- J-A-G. He's just a guy. Screwed that up. J-A-G. Wow. He's just a guy. He's just, <laughs> just a guy right now. He's just a guy. Because his position, which he doesn't have one, but if he did, are the two two of the most devalued positions in the NFL. Inside backer, safe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's reaching the running back level. It, it really is. Rather, you want him on your team. Okay, and I think that's what everybody's like confused about. Of course, the Cardinals would like him on a rookie deal. They would love for him to be productive. You would prefer to take his caliber of player in the third or fourth round, right? 
And so that's why it's frustrating when you're like, okay, we want him around. He's productive. And yeah, we can use him all over the place. I'm sure they, when they tell you they're excited to use him, that's not bullshit. That's not a lie. They are excited to use him, but they're not excited that he was mismanaged and he has no years left on his remaining rookie deal. And they're not going to pay him 12.5. He's not a $12.5 million player. Come on. He can't stop the run. He can't rush the passer from the edge. He's got no bend, right? He got smoke. Like, Travis Kelsey smokes everybody. I get that. But, like, he can't cover tight ends. Or at least Vance Joseph didn't think so. He's putting him in the slot. I, like, I trust Jonathan Gannon with DBs maybe more than anybody in the NFL. That's his bread and butter. So if he thinks that Isaiah Simmons should play safety, then you need to play him at safety this year. I don't want to get into camp and then having him, like when Bo's there and they're covering camp, he's with this position group and this one and this one. Put him in a, put him in a spot. Look at his skill set. You've had all year, all offseason to watch tape. Pick a, pick a role. Pick a role and say, we're going to put you here. We think you're going to have robust statistics and work your ass off and then go make a bunch of money next spring. But unless that position is putting your hand in the ground, Hassan Reddick style, or a 4-3 outside linebacker racking up 12 sacks, then they're not going to pay you. Because even if you excel, the positions that you excel at are not worth paying in today's NFL. I'm sorry. They're just they're paying Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker already. I mean, it's just it's not going to work out. And they don't want to pay their linebackers. Kazir White is making, what, $2 million, $3 million a year on a two-year deal. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to operate. I'm not taking a victory. It's the new philosophy, and it, it, yeah, it's it's not it's not on Simmons, it, and it's it's it, it falls on the shoulders of, of the previous regime and 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 their, the missteps that they took previously in drafting and and the, their philosophy, which was flawed as far as building teams and not emphasizing premium positions. Because when you don't have when you're a jack of all trades and not a, and a, and a master of none. You don't have a premium position. And the best thing that could happen for Isaiah Simmons this season is for teams next offseason to be able to identify where he excels, where you can plug him into your defense and where he can make plays for you. The team that's willing to pay him the money. And, you know, does this does this pretty much just solidify that this is going to end in divorce? Probably, right? Even 100%, 100%. if it even if it's like Jonathan Gannon, Nick Rallis, they were able to unlock the beast. Uh, or unlock, you know, his 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 superpowers. He he's still there's still going to be that resentment. Like, well, you guys didn't believe in me enough to pick up my fifth year option. I mean, that's fine. That's just how it goes. But it doesn't mean that the the they can't am- be amicable by when it's all said and done. Hey, Isaiah Simmons' best shot. And then again, I am not putting this on Isaiah Simmons. He was drafted by a dysfunctional GM and I think a very stubborn defensive coordinator. It was the perfect storm, right? He if Had he gone to somewhere where they had competent people in place and a plan, he might have succeeded in having a contract already. It's a big reason why Hassan Reddick was allowed to leave because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And so he goes and he has a great year in Carolina and he goes to Philadelphia and he's one of the top five to seven pass rushers in the NFL. Kimes having him play stand-up inside linebacker. So I'm sure there's a big part of Isaiah Simmons like, hey guys, I, I kicked ass at Clemson. I was the Buckus Award winner. Everybody wanted a piece of my shit. And I went to your franchise and you screwed around with my development. I'm going to come and kick ass this year. And I hope that he does. Yeah. But I, we're just at a point now where there's no going back. Just, and and there it is in the chat. Brian, Brian saying comp pick for Simmons. Yeah, I think that that's what you can hope 
uh, becomes that's best case scenario at this point, right? I mean, as far as him becoming and, and being one of your top players on your defense, it, it, like each and every down relying on him to make a big play, I think that ship has sailed, right? And, and the, that it could, you know, come to a little bit of a reality in his final year. But as far as what he could give you in return now going forward, it, it's probably a comp pick, right? Uh, it, I think that's best case. Yeah, like a, case. a fourth or a fifth round comp pick. And we were talking, Bo, about his value Friday night. It's like what off air or maybe on air, what would you what would you give for a trade for Isaiah Simmons, right? And I think the most it's beauties in the eye of the beholder. I mean, it'd be like a fourth round pick. I think it it would have to be somebody that has a a big old half glass full glass of Isaiah Simmons. Like, hey, I I can do I can turn. And there will be, you know, confident DCs out there that say, hey, I can turn this guy into the star that he was at Clemson. But, you know, it just. Show me the case study. show me the evidence that show, you know, there's. There's like one uber versatile player on a defense in uh, in for the Chargers that that you can say okay there's one guy and then the right that they don't exist around the league it's not consistent on every NFL roster because it's tough because of what you're doing and, and trying to drink from a fire hose as far as learning six different positions which that was the number his first year in the league like you know coming to to Isaiah Simmons rescue here is he had to learn six different positions after being drafted in a pandemic season. I mean, it was absurd what the Cardinals had expectations for him given what, where he was coming from and when he was coming from and what he was given as far as coaching staff. It's ridiculous. There are, there's also whispers that he just isn't a football addict, a football junkie. Not that he doesn't love football, but I mean, You've you've heard those whispers before. Those are out there. The, the people have been putting that out there for about two years plus. And then Vance Joseph sitting him, benching him after the first game against Travis Kelsey. Vance Joseph had all offseason to formulate a game plan against Patrick Mahomes with Isaiah Simmons, and he set him up for failure. And there Remember were people week in this- one of his career? Yeah. Isaiah Simmons. The Raheem 49ers. Mostert. Yep. Yes. He ran a slot. Uh uh, excuse me, a slant against Isaiah Simmons, beat him for a touchdown. Vance Joseph literally benched him for like the next six weeks, right? And he would get on the field and he would flash. The Cardinals screwed this up. Like they screwed up a lot of stuff in the Kime Kingsbury era. But it, he was, you know what he is, Bo? He's an unfortunate casualty of the new regime. The fact that they're not picking no, up. No, no, no. You don't think so? He's a casualty of the old regime. It's it's he, It's leftover. It, I mean, it's it's he's paying for the sins of the previous regime, no doubt about it. Well, it, no, but yeah, no, Gannon and company are it, Awesome it, Ford and company. Yeah, are. Gannon and Awesome Ford are, are just operating at, at what they view as a successful way to run the the football business side or business side of football operations. I mean, yeah. it's you just can't. It wouldn't be in, in their best interest to invest in a guy that at twelve and a half million dollars for a fifth year that. You that this new regime wants to invest way significantly less, a quarter of that, in in what they're going to pay linebackers. All right, let me ask you this: Is I you classify Isaiah Simmons as a bust? Is Isaiah Simmons a bust in your no, opinion? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, look at his numbers. His number, numbers were pretty gaudy last year. I mean, four. What do you have? Four sacks, two picks, close to a hundred tackles. He had a hundred tackles the previous season, uh, but. 
to say did he merit the eighth overall pick? You know, and, and when you look at who was on the board, when you see guy, I mean, just look at this draft class. I mean, there was a ton of fifth-year options that were no-brainers, right? Like a Tristan Wirfs. Um, you know, you had C.D. Lamb down the. You had Justin Jefferson in the same class. Uh, it, it, it's 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 a big jagged pill to swallow. But it, as far as you know, is he a bust? No, he's not a bust by any stretch. I think I I would disagree. I think when because of the where he was you're drafted, harsh. you're a harsh. Grader. No, I'm not. Again, if he's the seventy-first overall pick, as far as this is no, I, I'm going to tell you if he's if he's what's the kid out of Stanford they just took? If if he's the ninety-fourth overall pick, or if he's an early date, we have a different conversation. That's a productive player. You're the eighth overall pick. You you have to live up to being drafted over about 99% of your peers. CeeDee Lamb went after you. Tristan, you better you better produce. Only seven guys were taken in front of you. He is a bust, in my opinion. He's a if you're getting benched, albeit by Vance Joseph, in your in your third year, right? And I know we had one coordinator. That's not on time. I, I, you're putting all that on he, Vance Joseph. He got he got benched because he got torched by Travis Kelsey. That list is very long, but it's Buda Baker and Zayvon Collins would, the, would die for Vance Joseph. Is, they wanted him to, to be their next coach. Is very unfair. I, I think it's. I, just, it's, it's I think unfair. there are different he levels. He played of every us. single game. Every he's never missed a game. 16, 17, 17 games played in all three of his professional Thank seasons. You Blaine. Blaine is correct. Put Blaine's comment up one more time. What's there are saying? different. There are differentiating busts. Blaine's comment hit, hit the nail of the head. Where is it? Let's find it, Sean, real quick. Here it is. Eighth overall and not picking up the option, you're a bust. That's it. You're a bust. That's because the organization was a bust. It's not on I that's not Isaiah Simmons' fault. He had you're a bust. look, he Thank no, you, Sly. 105 tackles. And Don't, then 99 tackles. Tackles as a statistic to me on this podcast. Last year. You're insulting the audience when you throw tackles I'm not out. In, no, I'm not. To say there's different tiers of busts, no, you're either a bust or you're not. And this, his his numbers tell me otherwise. His circumstances also tell me otherwise. I I want him to turn his career around, and if he balls out for John, like what 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 do you need him to do? I'm not real. What do you he want to do? to do? What is you what take, is what you is take elite? a line? Okay, you take a linebacker top ten. Yeah, you gotta be Luke Keekly esque. You gotta be that good, right? Devin Otherwise, White, you're a bust. If you're one borderline Hall of Fame, you're, your, you're not getting your fifth year option picked up, and you're the eighth overall pick. You're a motherfucking bust. You're you you. It's not like you can't play in the NFL. Solomon Thomas was third overall to San Francisco, whatever it was that year behind Mitch Trubisky, right? Didn't get his fifth year option picked up. He's an NFL player. He got another contract, right? But. You're just not going to pay him money. You're you're a top 10 pick, and you don't even get – I can understand maybe like get your fifth-year option picked up, but then you can't figure out the contract, then, then somebody walks, right? You're the, you're the eighth overall pick, and they won't commit $12.5 million, position aside. You, you, you not warranted that pick, which means you're a bust. Where do you think Isaiah Simmons should he didn't have his, So, And I don't disagree with the organization's decision to decline it. If they did a redraft of that draft, and we'd have to look at it, 
Where do you think it's appropriate for Isaiah Simmons to be picked? Probably if late they, 20s. You think he's still first-round pick? Well, you I mean, think Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons, if they redrafted that draft, yeah. you think Isaiah Simmons would still go in the first round? I don't think. No way! No way! <laughs> You're screaming right now. Here, You're look. out of your fucking mind if you think Isaiah Simmons is going in the first round. Because if he did, they would have worked the, all the, the pedestal that you're putting on on these. Look, do I wish he had a better career? Absolutely, no doubt about it. it but here's you don't spend the eighth overall pick on a a, a versatile maybe inside linebacker slash safety to play him at slot corner. I, I just you know it's. It, I just disagree wholeheartedly that to label him a bust just because of how things transpired and that he was a guy that played on this defense. He played significant snaps, even despite in despite the stupid use of him and, and how they deployed him at the beginning of the season. It's not his fault that Vance Joseph played him 30 snaps after a horrible season opening performance against Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs. And then to turn around and make a game-changing... He had four game-changing plays. You can't say for the people that have been labeled true busts in this game, in the history of this game, none of them made four game changing plays in a season. Um, so I've, I've done a little research on the side. To say he's yelling, disappointing, since, fine. Since to say he's a complete bust is, is unfair. So there have been a couple redrafts of this draft online. Okay. Uh, PFF did one last summer. NBC Sports did one within the last calendar year. Um, yeah. yeah, so both of them happened in 2022. Before this season, before his game change, neither one of those uh, sites had Isaiah Simmons being redrafted in, in the first round. Okay. Good for those draft nerds. <laughs> All right. Before Bo and I kill each other, I want to tell you <laughs> about our about our friends at BetMGM. You can't bet on Isaiah Simmons' next team, but you can sure as hell bet on our precious Phoenix Suns. It's my pick of the week. Give me oh the boy. Suns money line, baby, plus 175, maybe 135. It's plus money. Go get it. Go get it right now. We've teamed up with our friends at BetMGM this season. We're using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks. We've got a special offer for our listeners. Listen up right now. You can dive in using that bonus code PHNX. There are a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. And again, use that sweet, sweet bonus code PHNX. I hope you had an opportunity to dabble on the NFL draft on BetMGM last week. A lot of people made some money. Will Anderson Jr. would have paid you out at the third overall pick of plus money. I hope people jumped on that. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to jump on the PHNX Suns Away Playoff Watch Parties. Hello, presented by Neutral Happy Hour Pricing, $6 Rally at the Valley Margaritas. I'm going to tell you right now, our friends at BetMGM's uh, Sportsbook on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium have the best drink specials I have ever seen. Their drink specials are they're elite. They're with our friends at Four Peaks. Those are like the two co-champion of drink specials that I've seen in the Valley. In the meantime, check out the show notes for details. And now listen to our guy Shane talk about it in the disclaimer.
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. The uh, temperatures over the weekend reached triple digits. Summer is here. Are you ready to unveil that beach bod? Well, Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for that uh, that this season, right? You got the yeah. full body of grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach that keeps your shirt on, but doesn't keep his shirt on the old Austin powers chest hair. Uh, yeah. You don't want to go out there looking like a Wookiee, you know, those winter man tits that you got going on. Jesus what? <laughs> you don't want oh, the mitts. Love. You don't want those going on. Make sure they're hairless. If you got them, uh, because you look a little bit sleeker out there. You'll, you'll move better through the water and uh, go to manscaped.com and get 20% off with free shipping using code PHNX. Uh, we've been using Manscaped. We love Manscaped. Uh, Lawnmower 4.0. I use it everywhere. Yeah, and it gives you the confidence that you got the right trim wherever it is on your body that you're trying to maintain and make sure that you're presentable and you don't look like a woolly mammoth out there poolside. You don't want that. You need to get in with Manscaped. They got the Performance Package 4.0. That kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 4.0. It's waterproof, cordless body trimmer, and it has a ton from other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Don't want to miss out on what's going on. They got the Crop Preserver. They got the Weed Whacker 2.0 other double entendres going on shears 2.0 nail kit don't miss out 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code phnx at manscape.com plus 20 percent off free ship plus free shipping with the code phnx at manscape.com trim your chesticles and with the besticles that's manscape.com oh man uh, T-Dactyl, they don't call him Landing Strip Johnny for, for no reason. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, that, that is something. These comments, I'm into That is Nightingale's- crazy right now. It, it, the, the chat is just a true testament to how polarizing the Isaiah Simmons conversation is. I just because like everybody to- sees how talented Isaiah Simmons is. 6'4", 240, 4.3940 yard dash, seemingly has all the tools, but then it just doesn't translate on game day. Little Dreezy dropping in. Thanks for the $1.99 super chat. Simmons, the player isn't a bust, but at eighth overall is. Somebody in the chat said it. Disappointing, but to call it a bust, I think that's that's a bit much. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's not a fun label. And I'm sure if you asked Isaiah Simmons, he would say, Hell no, I'm not a bust. I think I think certain people have different connotations. They use labels that they call people a bust. Like not all busts are equal. Like Isaiah Simmons is not Jamarcus Russell, right? But I Thank just, you. I think, okay. And again, apologies for for the spirited debate, <laughs> unless you were into that, which of course, this is what this podcast does. Look, I mean, I think um, that it represents each side of, because when you talk about Isaiah Simmons, anytime I tweeted it out today, kind of an update of the top 10 who had their options picked up and who hadn't, yeah, right? Yeah. And there were there were two in the top ten that there was no decision made on it. It was Andrew Thomas, the tackle from the Giants, who I would I would guess he's gonna get his picked up, right? Yeah, for and sure. There was Isaiah Simmons at eight. 
Uh, you see a couple guys who are no longer with their organizations any longer, um, like uh, C.J. Henderson, who went right behind him. Yeah, he's um, bad. He's been bad. You had Chase Young, which was a, kind of a surprising one, but at least Washington has the advantage to where if he makes a second Pro Bowl after coming back from his knee injury, his his fifth-year option number goes up to about $19 million. The franchise tag for a defensive end is about $19 million, so they don't have to make a decision right now. It might like The optics might not look good because they declined it right away, but they have the ability to retain him where Cardinals didn't necessarily have that. And, and they're, just, they're, they're showing you where, which positions they're investing in long-term. And uh, a fringe linebacker slash safety who comes up a little bit, who plays slot corner, isn't something that they value to make upwards of $12.5 million a season. Yeah, again, I think they'd want him on the team if they could, but obviously not at anywhere near that price tag. Uh, Lil' KZ, $2 Super Chat. Thank you so much, Lil' KZ. Trade Simmons for draft picks next year. I will make the case that if you have somebody interested, and I don't care about cap relief or whatever, let's say this. Let's say that this kid out of Auburn comes in and he looks great. And it's like, how did this kid fall to the fifth round? He's got elite speed. He's played linebacker. He fits exactly what they want to do. Maybe you're just like, hey, Isaiah, there are some teams that are interested. You know, we're shipping you out to the Vegas Raiders or we're shipping you out to the Chargers or somebody like that. I I definitely think they'd entertain that because, Bo, we don't even know what position he's going to play. I think anybody no. right now that could that can say that they know where Isaiah Simmons is going to play is, is BS. Don't buy it. Until this man to my right is at practice and is telling everybody, like he did last year, they had moved Simmons with the DBs, and everybody said, no, he's a linebacker. No, 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 that's what he was practicing. And now with Zayvon Collins, an outside linebacker, we don't know what he's going to play. Until we know definitively, we can't have any kind of take or projection on him for this year. I mean – I, I see you take a third and a fourth for Simmons. I, I think anybody would. I mean, but keep in mind, Jalen Ramsey fetched the third round pick. And he's a, uh, he's, and I know he's at the little bit longer in the tooth, but he plays a more premium position than what position does Isaiah Simmons set? It really would have to come down to a, a team that views him as somebody that they could, they could harness and put and deploy and, and that he would be know how to make plays down in and down out and you know it's like the one place you could say hey maybe you could go to like denver is he's like he doesn't want to go play for vj again like where would it make sense he would have to go start over new maybe he goes to, maybe houston views him like with matt burke uh being the defensive line coach for for the cardinals last year and now's the dc there some sort of familiarity yeah I, i've I just, got a i've got a comp um that is not apples to oranges but i think it makes sense is Remember Kyle Van Noy was a linebacker for the Lions, was a true linebacker, but they didn't know what to do with him. And he went, I think, like 40th overall. He was a second-round pick, right? And, he, of course, he busted in Detroit because they didn't know what to do with him. The Patriots traded for him for like a sixth and a seventh, and he went there and he was fantastic, right? And they found this kind of like tweener, hybrid role for him, defensive end, stand-up linebacker, brewski-esque. It, somebody mm. would have to look at Simmons and you'd have to pay a little bit more and say, we think we have the perfect, it's like what Gannon is going to do with BJ O'Jolari. It's like, Oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do with that player. Yeah. He, there's, this is the exact position that, that he's going to play in my defense. Thank you, Monty Austin for it. Somebody else would have to look at Isaiah Simmons and say, this is, ex- I've watched hours upon hours of Isaiah Simmons tape. This is what he's going to play here. This is worth giving up a pick, but 
for the salary that Isaiah Simmons has even this year. I mean, what is he making? Five, six million dollars a year? That's not chump change. That's starter money. Some would argue that's starter plus money, right? Not Pro Bowl level, but you're creeping up into eight figures then. That who's trading for that? Nobody's right. trading for that. That's the problem. So I, I think he's on the team this year. Yeah, it, it you'd have to it'd have to be a Hail Mary to for somebody to sweep in and pick him up. Uh Seahawks not picking up the fifth year option on Jordan Brooks, but he suffered an ACL injury. Um go look at the if you have time, the season finale when the Cardinals blew the division in 2021. Yeah. Look at the linebacker play. Tell me who was better that day, Jordan Brooks or Isaiah Simmons. Jordan and Brooks he's getting, and he's getting his fifth-year option declined, too. There you go. Uh, I don't know there if that has go. to do with his injury, and they think that they can maybe negotiate more of a multi-year extension or or what it might be. I but, think it's, uh, this, this, this period is just difficult because we felt like, as little KZ puts a $2 super chat, like trade Simmons for Byron Murphy, and that's like tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> but it's it's like – Byron Murphy and Isaiah Simmons and Zach Allen and Buda Baker and Jalen, these guys are supposed to be part of like the next era. Like they should just be now getting into their peaks and kicking ass for this franchise. They're all gone. Yeah. They're on their way out. Right. And it's just, that's a hard reality where the franchise and the, and the organization has promoted these guys as the next era and the new people have come in rightfully so. And says like, we don't want them. You have done things wrong. Yeah. With like we like them as people and like they'd be fine on the team, but we're not paying them the money you owe them. Zach Allen should have been playing much more than he did. Byron Murphy lost snaps in year two. He played less snaps in year two than he did in year one. Yeah. So they they screwed up this development. So that's where I will give you the ultimate benefit of the doubt with Simmons yeah. because we had a track record with all these other players. So he, he's just going to go in line. The what Vance Joseph did to this franchise and Steve Kime, but Vance with these players is inconsequential. I mean, it just to me, it's it's one of the most under-the-radar ne- gross negligence of player development we've seen in the NFL. Agreed. And it, it kind of reminds you ever like talk to somebody who's maybe like a nutritionist and you walk them through and you're embarrassed to do it of your own diet? Right. Like that's what's going on. Like the, the like when, I pound, when I pound these teas <laughs> from Metro, when you ever talk to your nutritionist and you tell them that you drink large green teas to get ready for coffee, you stop giving Dutch Bros just a free plug. Promote us. Gigan- the, us Dutch Bros. A gallon. You've got a gallon of some red drink from Dutch Ugh. Bros that, that some like high school co ed got this far from your face and was screaming, How's your day? Hmm. <laughs> Hey, you're looking cute. No, Here's but it's tip. like Monty Ossenfort's the nutritionist, and he's like, okay, well, what'd you have for breakfast? He's like, uh, I had a donut. And so what'd you have for lunch? Uh, I went to McDonald's and got a Big Mac and fries. It's like, my God, no wonder yeah. you're not healthy. You eat right. trash. Right. And it's just like, and he's clearing out the pantry. He's taking it all out. And now it's like, let me, let me take you to a dark place. Can I, can we do a dark place? Hypothetical. Can we go to one of the good. darkest of all realities? Yeah. If Steve Kime is still the general manager of this team right now, what happens on this day? He gets his option picked up. I think he's, you're right. Vance Joseph is likely fired. I think Vance he, Joseph. He's making it rain. He's 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 twelve and a half million dollars. Here you go, Isaiah. Wait there, baby. <laughs> they put him on all the promos, 
I'll never forget Michael Bidwell after their their rookie year, Byron Murphy and, and Isaiah Simmons the next year. He's like, we got stars all over this defense. And he named Byron Murphy and Isaiah Simmons. And like, Michael, those guys played 20% of the snaps this year. You, like <laughs> Isaiah Simmons doesn't have a position. What are you talking about? <sighs> oh, man, that's great. Let's talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins. But before Can I just ask one more question? Yes. As, as we sit here a year from today. Yeah. Zayvon Collins. The deadline's going to be for oh Collins. God. Oh, don't make me do that. If he's you not know, you've playing... Got your, you've got your way too early 2024 drafts. We're going to do our mock draft here at the end of this thing, but... If he's not playing inside linebacker, if his position is pass rusher, then I think he just... Unless he has a really good season, which, I mean, if Zayvon Collins can turn around and have double-digit sacks, God bless you, man. I'm going to say it's a big no on Zayvon Collins. It's another one of those things, cleaning out the pantry from... from. When does it stop hurting? When do I not get to be hurt <laughs> anymore? BJ Ujolari becomes a dog, and you've got Garrett Williams in the secondary who's going to be starting some games for this team in the future. And you start to see these premium positions that you can draft, yeah. develop, and then extend. Uh, and, and when you're spending all that draft capital in 2024. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's get into the, the Hopkins conversation. All right, hang on. I got to tell people are asking me why I didn't dabble at Circle K today. Guys, uh, I rotate Circle K. I get my coffee from Circle K in the morning, and then I support other uh, local businesses here in the Copa. But I, sur- I support Circle K on the reg. Uh, I was there last night. I was there this morning. I'm probably going to go there later tonight after my son's flag <laughs> football game. I love Circle K. Convenience at a convenient price. We're so excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K. Best coffee, beer, Snack selections, premium gas. I mean, like everywhere I go, gas is back up to like $6 and $6 a gallon. Not at Circle K, baby. Check them out. They got a ton of promotional deals right now to bring that bring that sucker down. Right. And in the meantime, while you're filling up, pop inside Polar Pops, iced coffee, 12 packs of beer, Red Bull, Monster Energy drinks, and more. Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff right now. You can do this, by the way, which I highly recommend. Text PHNX. To 31310. That's 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free off of their 32 ounce polar pops. I, I, I'm addicted to iced tea, so I'm just dabbling. I'm just doing, I'm doing, I'm double fisting two at a time with the polar pops. <laughs> Head to circlek.com slash store locator to find a Circle K nearest to you, Bo. Johnny mentioned uh, his son flag football immediately. Just league that kid right now. It just he's a much better athlete than his father. I'm picking up his fifth year option right now. Uh he knows his position at least. He he has a position. You're gonna go from being out there sweating out on the sidelines, spiking your clipboard, getting in the faces of officials, yelling at children because they're not running picking up their assignment. And then you're gonna go home to your house, you're more furniture, you're gonna plop down, you're gonna turn on that son's game and hopefully watch a dub but in your more furniture and take advantage already. They've got the Memorial Day sale starting to fire up. You can save up to 50% on all their furniture uh, for your home. Get the best for your living room, your dining room, your office, your kid's room, your entertainment room at more furniture. They got that white glove delivery. Order what you want, then they're going to deliver it for you. They're going to unpackage it, get rid of all that crap that goes with the packaging. I had to put together, we'll call it a Swedish furniture company uh gear this weekend my my wife made us go out there it was damn near impossible oh no not with more furniture's white glove delivery they put it together for you and put it 
exactly where you want. It wasn't my call. It was my wife's. And sometimes you just have to say, yes, ma'am, and, yes, and ma'am. do it. And that's Thank what you, I ma'am. did. But if I'm making any decisions as far as the furniture goes, morefurniture.com. M-O-R furniture.com. From one Clemson bust to a former Clemson wide receiver who's definitely not a bust, Isaiah Simmons to DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, who we thought for many, many months would not be on the team, would be traded because everybody said the Cardinals wanted to trade him, including our friend Jordan Jordan Schultz, friend of the program from January, into draft weekend, came and went. Monty Austin Ford, man of his word, couldn't find a trade partner. He's not going to give him away. DeAndre Hopkins is on the team and both so much so that he took to the, the Instagram streets this morning on his story and basically came out and said, I never basically wanted to be traded. I, you know, who says I want to leave? I'm here. I'm working. And, uh, you know, we have that clip. Uh, yeah. Oh, look. Awesome. I see everybody telling me to stay. Who said I want to go? Who said I wanted to leave? I'm out here working, baby. I love it. You know, you always like to see that. I mean, that's what makes D-Hop great. You love D-Hop and he's a consummate professional and you can go off of what's been reported. And I think there's a lot of truth to what's been reported as far as the, the Cardinals have been trying to find a suitor for DeAndre Hopkins. Now, I don't think they anticipated it. The market just pretty much plummeting. I mean, you take into the var- the variables that he's going to be 31 this season. The amount of money is the biggest sticking point that he's going to make, probably around $19 million a team would have to be able to take on cap-wise. Uh, and, and then the fact that he's played in half the games, whether it's injury or suspension. But DeAndre Hopkins, we do know that when he's when he's healthy and when he's available, he's a dog still. I love this comment. Han shot first. Diop has a horrible lie face, but I still love him. hundred <laughs> percent. I don't hold anything against him. I know there've been other people in this media market that are not happy with Deandre Hopkins. This is, this podcast is not one of them. This is just a businessman. Yeah. And it's like, he wanted to go and win and be paid a premium. And the Cardinals are like, we're rebuilding. So let's try to figure this out. And then it's not the Cardinals fault that everybody lowballed him. And I think awesome Ford showed you how shrewd he was in the first and second round of the NFL draft. So anybody thinks they should just take whatever awesome Ford's not doing that. Somebody goes down in training camp. Somebody goes down at the deadline. They'll be available to take a phone call. Right. But in the meantime, sell those new number 10 jerseys, baby. He's going to be around. I think that, that to me, Cardinal fans, I think universally want to see this team do well, obviously, but then also like we're going to fast forward. It's going to be fun having Diop here. Now who's going to be thrown to him? That remains to be seen, but when he was on the field last year, he was still one of the best receivers in football. He gave this offense a shot of life. I love watching D-Hop play. And I think, it, it, Bo, because of what Austin Ford was able to accomplish with all of the picks accumulated this year and next year, we don't have to sit back and say, oh, they had to stick and pick a three, so we yeah. really could have used an extra third, right? Who, care, who cares about, you know, pick 90-whatever so they can take Tank Bigby when when D Hop's on the team this year, that's a cool feeling for young people, for older people, for kids to be able to come out and see D Hop at State Farm Stadium. That's worth it, and I think they realize that. Like we're just we're we're not going to cave to these other teams that want us to just give away an All Pro receiver. 
Right. And and you were able to accomplish your main goal in ac- accumulating draft capital yeah, for the 2024 exactly. without having to put, you know, cash in that ticket for DeAndre Hopkins. And yeah. it still might the day the the day still might come. Uh but now let's let's envision what this offense looks like, right? And and this might get a little far fetched, but you've got Zach Ertz returning from an ACL injury. Uh he also had, I believe, his uh one of his other ligaments repaired as well, but he said he's eyeing training camp and to be ready week one. So you yeah. can add him back to the tight ends. You've got Trey McBride in year two there. You've got James Connor, who's leading the charge as far as this offense goes this off season. And he's probably playing in the final year as an Arizona Cardinal. And then you've got this wide receiver room. That's headlined by Deandre Hopkins. You've got Hollywood Brown. Who's in a contract year. You just added Michael Wilson in the third round. You've got Rondell Moore, a former second rounder, and you've got Greg Dortch. Um, and, and you add it to your offensive line. What do we think about this offense? If Kyler Murray can return in a re- relatively quick fashion and its ability to put up points. Well, now you're speaking my language and also a uh, little KZ to our super chat. You guys think Kyler's going to start week one. I don't, but like if Kyler does play early and you've got all these weapons at his disposal, like I like they ought to be competitive, right? If Kyler Murray plays and you got DeAndre Hopkins, I like Greg Dorch, I'm bullish on. I think he's supplanted Rondell Moore. Like Rondell Moore, get away until you can show you're healthy. And I know we've had him on the show. Like (laughs) you just need to work and play and be healthy. And then we can talk. But then it's like, Zach Allen, ass kicker, Trey McBride, year two, ass kicker, right? Hollywood Brown contract year. He's coming to everything. He's staying all the right. They have plenty of weapons to start this year. And the problem is, though, Bo, is if you have a quarterback that's ass, that can't distribute, and you can't take advantage of D-Hop, then that's a problem, right? Your eight million passes. Jeff Driscoll's out there taking sacks and throwing hospital balls to Hopkins and company. No one wants to see that. So if that needs to be unavoidable, right? We need to be able or avoidable. We need to be able to stiff arm that reality. So who knows? I think it's I'm bullish about the offense right now. I, I think Nick uh, Drew Petsim is really bright. Everything that I've heard from people I trust, people who text my phone say, watch out. This guy did wonders for Jacoby Brissett. This offense is going to be clean. It's going to pre- be pre- precise. No more of that horizontal screen game crap. Yeah. North and south. We're going to put your quarterbacks in the best position to succeed. And we're going to throw downfield. And now he's got some some bigger targets. So I, the, the defense, we know it's got a ways to go because the personnel is not there. The offense, and I'm including the offensive line in this bow, should be capable, should absolutely be capable. I don't doubt that. I mean, you, you looked at this draft and there was a couple spots that you thought maybe they could have invested in through the draft and they decided to go different direction. They didn't take a flyer on a running back and they didn't take a true center uh, like we thought they might with like a Whipler or John Michael yeah. Schmitz. And it looks like, you know, maybe Yelda Froholt is somebody that they trust coming from Cleveland with Petsing. Maybe he can be the guy in just kind of a bridge to uh, developing a young center, whether it's a, a Gaines or a Lucita Smith or somebody else. Uh, but yeah, this, this offense has, has just that it should put a little threat to opposing defensive coordinators and, and take away a little bit of their sleep. If it gets ever gets a chance, it, it really never got a chance last season to reach full strength. Like we never saw Kyler. Wouldn't that be DeAndre funny Hopkins, if we got it this year? No one expects it. Hollywood Brown. That would be wild. That would be wild because 
it'd be tough to to account for all those weapons. You think they add a running back, a, a veteran running back yeah. at this point? Like a Kareem I mean, I, that's I was disappointed they didn't add an interior offensive lineman in a back, but yeah, I mean, just get help help get somebody to get you through the season. Like I think they look at James and they're like, James, we're paying you ten million dollars. Like, please stay healthy. But they need a change of pace guy. It's a good weekend for a couple people. Good weekend if your name is Keontae Ingram. Good weekend if your name is Lecky Fotu, right? Good good weekend if your name is what the hell is that center that they signed that I can't Yelda pronounce? Froholt, the name. Man. Good weekend if your name What's is Yelda. On I don't know name. if it's ever a good weekend if your name is Yelda, but we'll <laughs> but that that remains to be seen. Bad weekend for Rondell Moore, I would say. Bad weekend for the pass rushers from last year with BJ Ojolari. You know, we knew they were gonna take a tackle. Um, they don't have a bunch of corners. I think this if you if you're if you're Keontae Ingram, you've got second life, and of course, friend of the program, co-host on PHNX Cardinals personality, da- uh, Damian Anderson was the uh, position coach in the offseason, helped uh, Keontae get ready for the NFL draft last year. So uh, we'll have to see what Keontae Ingram looks like um, this offseason. I want to get to a couple super chats, Bo, and then we'll yeah. dive in to put a crescendo on the show with our mock draft. Lil KZ, would you go for Dorch or more? Greg Dorch, 100%. Greg Dorch has proven more in just one season than Rondell Moore has in, in a couple of years. Greg Dorch, tougher, can stay healthy. I, I think Rondell Moore is more physically gifted, but that doesn't mean anything. You, you, can you? What's your best ability? Is it availability? Can you be out there? Can you be there for your teammates? Rondell Moore has, has not proven he can, and he's torpedoed game plans during the week because he's healthy until Friday or he's abruptly on, you know, the inactive list on Sunday. That's a that's a gut punch. Whereas Greg Dorch, you can count on every Sunday. Punt returns, kickoff returns. He was fantastic, had over a hundred yards in Mexico City. Play that kid. Play that kid early and often, Bo. Absolutely. Uh yeah, I think it's you know, hopefully that draft status doesn't play a big role with this with this new organization. I don't think it will. I, I don't think it will either. Uh but I mean as far as hundred yard gains, Greg Dorch had one last season and Rondell Moore didn't. Uh, you look at their careers. I mean, Dorch played in 23 games. And I mean, as far as he, the snaps he's getting, it's not even close to to Rondell Moore's. And you, you see that the productivity is pretty much on par. Kev Brooks, 499. Thank you so much, Kev, for the super chat. If Monty plays his cards right next draft, we can have two firsts for the next two to three years. Funny you should mention that. Let's get to that via the mock draft simulator. And again, we're not going to go heavy into mock drafts a ton this offseason, but I think, Bo, it's appropriate given the bounty that Monty Osenford was able to accumulate. Yeah, I I might do a mock draft. I'm so excited about the 2024 draft every day for the next 364 (laughs) days. That's aggressive. Uh, Can you guys see my screen? Yes. You might be wondering why the Cardinals are have number one and Houston has 19. Well, that's not Houston's, that's Cleveland's. So the Cardinals actually hold, right now, if you look at this mock draft simulator, the first two picks in the 2024 NFL draft. Now, again, not exact science, but according to our friend Peter King at Pro Football, whatever he works for now or something <laughs> or other, he sourced Pro Football Focus. They ran uh, a bunch of simulations on the 2023 NFL season said 43% of the time it was the Cardinals and the Texans picking one, two in some combination, Bo. All right. So, yeah, it's 43% of the time, nearly half the time. That's an incredible on-base percentage in baseball. It's an incredible hit rate for the Cardinals to potentially go one, two 
And look, if you're sitting there with one, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you this right now. What are you laughing so hard at? <laughs> this is just a crazy reality that we're doing this mock draft on Monday no, after the not. draft. But it, no, it has to be done. It has to be done. Look, if if you are indeed sitting in this situation, this exact situation where Let's just say you hold the number one overall pick and maybe not even the second overall pick. There is a conversation to be had about the quarterback position. Yeah, because Kyler Murray makes $50 million. That's the, where the conversation starts and ends for me. Yep. If you're trying to increase your likelihood of winning a Super Bowl and paying your quarterback no money, I think the choice is simple. Assuming that you could deal... If you have the first overall pick next year... I feel pretty confident in saying, like, there's a strong chance that they would trade Kyler Murray and take Caleb Williams first overall. Don't you feel that way? Because the way you look at how they've been maneuvering this offseason, they say that they're a draft, they're going to build their team drafting and developing their roster. So, what would be the point in creating so much cap space for the 2024 offseason if you're a draft and develop team? Wouldn't you just wait? To, for another draft to, to draft those players and then develop them and hopefully sign them to extensions. So what's, what are you creating a big nest egg for potentially? Uh, would it be to pull off a trade where you would have to take on an absorbent amount of dead money? And, and that's, I think, just to have that option, when you have a prospect the caliber of Caleb Williams and what he did at USC this past year in that Heisman winning campaign. I mean, you look again, at everything that Kyler Murray does, Caleb Williams – who also played at Oklahoma during his college career a little bit and then thrived at USC this past year. He's he's a six foot three Kyler Murray. And again, if the Cardinals are picking like seven and nine, we're not having this conversation, right? It's just if they get the number one overall pick from either Houston or themselves. So when you're sitting there with six day one picks. Or no, I'm sorry, between day one and day two. Seven, yeah, seven, I think. Yeah, seven between the first and third rounds. You can make a trade if you wanted to, unless some team, if I'm a team and I've got the number one pick and I don't have a quarterback, I'm taking Caleb Williams. I don't care what the hall I, is. I, I just don't. I Barring like Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray would have to come back this year, start most of the games. It'd be just the biggest runaway success they that they thought they could have with Kyler. Yeah, but then if you're doing that, then you're not picking first, right? right. Unless it's Houston, I guess. Yeah. It's a very—I I would say it's a very slim chance. If if they have the first overall pick, they're not taking Caleb Williams. Again, yeah. that's not an indictment on Kyler Murray at all. No, at all, not at in, all in any capacity. But it's just it resets your timeline, and you could you would get picks for Kyler Murray. I mean, you would go from one of the most incompetent organizations under Kime and Cliff and everything in flux and the house burning to the ground too, you would become the bell of the ball. Now people are saying, saying that they're going to be hampered by dead cap space. What they would be, what it would year. be if they traded Kyler Murray, if they traded him, it would be 46 million in dead money. If they cut him, if they outright cut him, that's where it's impossible. It's 80 plus million. They'd have to figure something out. And, I, and look at these QB contracts, Bo. There's going to be like five more before we even have to entertain that conversation. He's going to be like the 10th paid quarterback in like a week and a half. It's going to be like moving Derek Carr's contract. It's not going to be this robust deal that everybody freaked out about last summer. Don't you agree? Yeah. 
Nathan, I this is like like I said, this is and Johnny said too. It, it's not an indictment on Kyler Murray at all. I mean, it, you've got a generational type prospect at quarterback, and you have the number one overall pick. Johnny's already jumping the gun, taking Marvin Harrison. Does anybody Jr. disagree with that? No, I don't. I don't. And you you just you have the business wise, you lock yourself into almost a surefire hit at quarterback that you have controllable at a at a just a minimal salary for three years because the first year you're picking up the dead money. I mean, the quarterback position you're investing in that spot year one with Caleb Williams. And then the next three, until you have to sign him to a mega uh, extension, you can get that fifth year option and it's still reasonable relative to quarterbacks. But what are you doing? You're just picking here. I've taken over this mock draft. <laughs> Listen, so I've made a if point. If you get Caleb I, Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., you're selling. You you got two top ten jersey sales probably right there, and your fan base is electric right now. I love Kyler Murray. We're a Kyler Murray supportive podcast. Zion Nelson. I don't know who the hell you are, my you're man. Such but a jerk look, for doing that. I wanted to I, be in that conversation. No, you can't. You're not allowed. Um, <laughs> we're taking linemen early and often. Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think the Cardinals you are going to be more. You can't even not go rogue in this uh, first mock draft of 2024. <laughs> we're it's very on brand for us. It's, we're very on brand. Listen, we got a lot of time to talk about that. We've we've lost people. I've seen since I've come back from screen sharing. Az Cardinals. I hope you're joking by saying we drafted Clayton Tune for crying out loud. The Tune Squad, the Tune Squad on day. <laughs> on that day would be three. the new nickname for the Cardinals is the the Tune Squad. If they is that oh, we're all good because we got we got Tune. We don't need Caleb Williams. How many teams would pass on Caleb Williams first overall if they had the chance that have a quarterback? I would say three. Mahomes. If the Chiefs, if Mahomes tears his ACL, they Mahomes. Win the game. Mahomes. Burrow. Josh Allen. Probably, meh, probably, probably. Yeah. You have a conversation. You probably have a conversation. Yeah, I think that's it. Because the wear and tear is starting the show. Look, Burrow, Burrow, and and um, I'm not saying, tra- and I'm not Lawrence saying the probably. Cardinals would do this. I'm not saying the Bills would do this. I'm not saying even the the Jaguars would do this with Trevor Lawrence, or the Chargers would do that with J- Justin Pickens Herbert. Spreads. I think you are out of your mind if you don't think the Ravens and the Browns. Can I ask you guys a question? may not be able to do it just because of the guaranteed money. We got but, we got Sean in or, as producer today. He's got a question. For no, us. I'll, are are you asking this question assuming that something went so horribly wrong the previous year that they had like to he, have gotten like the first overall pick? ACL in training camp and then they won one game. Okay, in that case, I, don't, I think I don't think anybody asked the question. I think if your quarterback just tore their ACL and you have the first overall draft pick, you draft Caleb Williams first overall. But that's just me. I don't know why people are so upset with this. When when you look Prepare at yourself. Caleb Williams. It's like this podcast planted the seeds for the Simmons move that happened today. Yeah. God, could you think about if we weren't around? That'd be a terrible reality for people. If people weren't prepared for the Simmons move today. <laughs> It'd be coming out of left field. People are like, what is going on? What's this uh, super chat? Let's check it out. Oh. Uh, Jalen Blair saying, the real question is, do you think K1 is good enough to win a Super Bowl? 100%. Yeah. The answer is yes, then you keep them and you continue to build around them. Sure. Yeah. And and you're going to learn gotta a hit lot on your about draft this. picks then. Because I think if if K if the Cardinals are one either the Texans have to stink horribly bad and the or the Cardinals have to stink horribly bad. And if the Cardinals aren't their own pick isn't within striking distance of Caleb Williams, then that's great. 
Kyler Murray came back from his ACL tear, and he was the quarterback Lit that we up. all thought he was. Just for giggles, it's going to be hard rooting for the Cardinals to lose games. I'm not built that way. We don't do that here. No. But you got to look at the landscape of the, the roster. This is going say, off the simulation from Pro Football Focus. If you're if if this scenario presents itself, and the Cardinals were bad enough to where their pick was either first or second, and then the Texans was were so bad they were either first or second, you have the conversation. You say, hey, if if we do this, if we if the organization moves off of Kyler, who's going to be making twenty one percent of the cap next season at fifty one million dollars then it might make better business sense for the cap going forward to to trade him, eat some dead money for a season, and then pick up a guy like Caleb Williams who has a similar skill set, is younger and cheaper. Does, any, does anybody have an issue with that? No. We yelled and screamed at each other in the first segment over Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> we are lockstep yeah, in this moment. We're kind of eyeing together over... We are. We were ready to share another picture with our friends at Four Peaks. Everybody who came out last Thursday, thank you so much for the support. We had a packed house at Four Peaks for our 2023 NFL draft party. The Redbird Lager was flowing. We can't wait to be back out at Four Peaks in Tempe. Check them out. They are a staple of the Valley if you have not seen that. If you haven't seen our guy Howard Balzer, it's cranking out articles on the reg at gophnx.com. Slam that promo code Howard HO. W-A-R-D. He has got some scoops going on as well as we've got a fresh new tee. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this at the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Bird gang, Bo, till I die. Hello, perfect summer tee as we welcome back the bird gang. Hashtag Joel, super chat, $1.99. Kyler not, may not be the same after the ACL tear. I No one can definitively say anything. This player is going to be on the team. This player is going to do well. Isaiah Simmons plays this position. I think that's kind of the fun of it. It's like the uncertainty just makes it crazy. We're going to be sitting here, though, Bo. I feel pretty confident in saying ne- this time next year, the roster is going to look completely different. Yeah, it is. Uh, I-, I hope I hope it becomes a moot point to where the Arizona Cardinals, they win enough games to where they're not their, their own pick in the first round isn't in the conversation for the number one overall. You hope that the Texans lose horribly. They go 0-17. And, you know, that they're able to take that first overall pick and and do what they want. If they want to trade down, then do it. Get a haul of picks, put themselves in a position to still get a player the caliber of a Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you got the third pick, the third round pick from from Houston. So you're rooting against the Texans to just have a a bad season. And, And anything, if the Cardinals have a good enough season to where their own pick is in that conversation, that means... You have less questions about the quarterback and you're more comfortable paying that salary. You can always still restructure Kyler's contract too and, and save a, a bunch of money and start to kick it that can down the road a little bit. Monty has that ability going forward. Last super chat of the day, little KZ, $5. You think Kyler will be rusty, but do you think JG will build him up? Well, he already has. They talk every day. He's a Kyler believer. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to be great for each other. They drafted Paris Johnson Jr. for a reason. Like, they want Kyler Murray to succeed. Kyler Murray wants Kyler Murray to succeed. Did you see the, the, the Mike Garofolo report? It's interesting, wasn't it? So Mike Garofolo of, of NFL Network, is, he says he's tight with Paris Johnson Jr. And Paris Johnson Jr. said that in that first meeting with Kyler, Kyler said he wanted him to play right tackle for him. <laughs> Why is that, Bo? Yeah, who plays right tackle for the Cardinals right now? 
Uh, the guy who called out Kyler Murray after the season and <laughs> Kelvin beat you. Kyler Murray's like, Kelvin, get your ass out of here. Get your ass out of here, Kelvin. Um, I think that, you know what, I'm I'm sure that's just Kyler talking up DJ Humphreys. Like, we got to get you a right tackle. Right tackle, my man. Even though Kelvin's Paris been Johnson. their best tackle. Yeah. yeah, Paris Johnson, I'm sorry. Um, good times. This team never ceases to amaze. Isaiah Simmons. No on the fifth-year option. DeAndre Hopkins back at least temporarily with the Arizona Cardinals. Thank you again, Justin Fry, offensive line coach, run game coordinator for the Ohio State Buckeyes. More Buckeyes on the Cardinals, please. Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. hello. Uh, like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. The PHNX Cardinal Podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. We are back. Manana Bo has a chance to chat with JG, Nick Sirianni, and company tomorrow. We're going to have those press conference highlights. We're excited. <laughs> Nick Rallis. talk. Nick Rallis. What did I say? Nick Sirianni. Sirianni. <laughs> no, we don't talk about Nick Sirianni in this podcast. So it's the Eagles taking away our picks. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Like and subscribe. We'll see you tomorrow.